that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish. How are you? How was your weekend? How was your extended weekend? Um, you back in the office today? Yeah, yeah, back in the office. Um, weekend was good. It was kind of like chock full of kind of like one, it was one of those like peak January months, if that makes sense, where it's like you got the NFL playoffs, yep. you got college basketball in the morning, and you got I had Premier League soccer for me early in the earlier before that. So it was like I rolled in the soccer, rolled in the basketball, then I got football to cap it off. And it was like, oh man, this is like this is like one of my favorite times of year because like he had obviously the best NFL football going on. And then especially when I'll tell you this much, when your team's not in the playoffs, that's actually great because you're not stressing <laughs> about anything. <laughs> you're not stressing about anything. You're just like sitting back. It's like, man, this is wild. huh? Like, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, Giants, Vikings, Dolphins right? game was good. Uh, yeah. All those games. So, yeah, like you said, and then I have. Um, since I'm a tennis junkie. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I saw that. I'll that stay up. Off too. I'll stay up till. The thing is, the Australian Open starts at like 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. our time, and it runs mm-hmm. to like 6 6 a.m. basically. So mm-hmm. um, I'll I try to watch till about midnight, and then I'm I'm good. But yeah, so that's all started. January is a very uh, busy month. Uh, a lot of basketball. Uh, last time was last time the the whack podcast we did, or that was two so, podcasts ago. Yeah. Whenever it was. Yeah. Um, and then I texted you. Right afterwards, I was like, you know what we got to do? We got to do Texas women's basketball. And um, I think we saved that. Or do you want to start with Texas women's? Uh, let's go with – yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's start with Texas okay. women's. All right. We're throwing a curveball here. Yeah. Flipping, flipping our script. Um, I did watch um, – I watched the second half of it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went back and watched most of the first half this morning. So I have a – better understanding of the full context but texas beats iowa state 68 53 um improves 13 to 5 on the season um has now is now i believe four and one in conference with the only loss coming to oklahoma state on the road on january 7th um we talked i don't know if we were hesitant to talk about this team but we were always like kind of unsure mm-hmm. because early in the season Roy Harmon missed the first five games she came back they were okay um still weren't performing to our standards and they didn't have a tough non-conference schedule when she did come back. They played like Southern and Alabama State and basically right. like had a SWAC run, which was crazy. And then a Southland run. And now they're in conference. And yeah, now four and one in conference play, basically atop the Big 12. Yep. Are they back? I, I think so, man. Like they're so like 
let's just go with the numbers before we even get into the Iowa State game. You know, they're first in the Big 12 in field goal percentage. Uh, they're second in three-point percentage, which is a huge jump, which we can talk about kind of how that's come to be with these new players this year. Um, they're, they're still third in field goal percentage defense. They, I'm trying to think, they are second in points per play allowed. Things, just things like that to where, especially offensively, we kind of were still trying to figure out what, what is this team going to be that reliant on Rory Harmon to get good shots, things like that. I think one, that's true, look to be true, because uh, they have taken a big step forward from where they were. But also, we were also kind of wondering what impact she had on the defensive end, right? Like, we know she's their best perimeter defender. And it was like, okay, well, the team's defense kind of took a little bit of a dip. Is she that important to where if that kind of would fix itself if she comes back? And they're not as probably elite as they were last year. Um, maybe that you just take some of that with the better offense you get. Um, but they look they look back. They look more or less like what the team that we thought we'd see at the beginning of the year. We have Roy Harmon back to playing almost 40 minutes a game. She is not, she's averaging 30, 38.8 minutes a game. Yeah. Um, the second, or sorry, fourth leading scorer on the team, thanks to people like Shaley Gonzalez, Sonia Morris, two players that we they added that we thought would make big impacts. Mm-hmm. But Deanna Gaston, man, she's taken that next step as a player, 14.6 points per game after kind of being, you know, just kind of a, I don't want to say just a body last year, but it was more or less like it was kind of a rotation of bigs, right? Just kind yeah. of like who, who would, whose hot hand it was inside. Um, and she's averaging 4.2 assists. Amina Muhammad is a freshman's come in 6.8 rebounds or sorry, 4.2 uh, rebounds for Deanna Gaston. Um Amina Muhammad's come in, average almost seven rebounds. Khadijah Faye's come in, almost average over seven rebounds. The team's deep, and yeah, sure, shooting-wise, like shot selection-wise, it still flows so much from Rory Harmon. But regardless, you have players who are capable of maybe making a couple of passes here and there, maybe ball handling a little bit more in Shaley Gonzalez um, and Sonia Morris. Uh, you just probably don't want them running point guard like you do, like you would a Rory Harmon. That was our whole thing in the non-conference when Rory was out. It was like, okay, this team is clearly talented, but we have to wait until Rory Harmon gets back to really see. Sure, this team was do. built. This team was like uh, the players that they got in the offseason. It was clearly meant to like be around her. Yes, to compliment her, to compliment yeah. Rory Harmon. And so Rory Harmon comes back, and she starts off conference play with like a 12-assist game, an 11-assist <laughs> game. Like she's putting up triple du- – she had a triple-double. Um, and so you're like, okay, Rory's back. They have Sonia Morris and Shayla Gonzalez, who I'm both – I am really high on both, mm-hmm. uh, both capable of – I mean, Sonia Morris against UConn was obviously really, really good early in the season. Shayla Gonzalez has her moments of putting up, you know, 20 points. Uh, Deanna Gaston's been uh, a kind of a surprise to a degree of her – the way she was scoring against Iowa State. I was really impressed. So that's kind of like your, your core four, and then you kind of rotate everybody else around it, and you still have – Shay Holly off the bench. You still have Taylor Jones, um, Amina Muhammad. You mentioned so. It feels like they are not only deep, but the defense is still there. I thought they played really good against uh, Iowa State on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, that might have been their um, best defensive game so far. Yeah, so they really bothered. Uh, obviously, a good Iowa State team. It does feel like Iowa State's. I don't know how to describe them, but it feels like you know they can beat up on kind of the lesser teams and then they play Texas and you're like, uh, I don't really see it. Like, I don't know. Well, that, we, that's... we did mention um, they are without Suarez now for the, for the yes. whole year. And so that was one of their big off season acquisitions. Um, but still, game, I think it was. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, but still, this is still a team that had, um, was it Ashley Jones and, and you still expect them to be able to put up points. So regardless, I would think that, you know, holding them still holding them to a pretty, uh, off night. Uh, Jones got hers. I think she had like 21 or 23 or something like that. Yeah, 21. Um, yeah. And you know, that's fine. Like, you know, you're going to, you're, she's one of the best players in the country, but it's just kind of like making sure that nobody else is part of that. Yeah, I mean, because Texas doesn't really have a perimeter stopper, I think. Mm-hmm. Outside, like, Roy Harmon is, is obviously a very, very good defender, but she's also, yeah. you know, what, how tall is she? Five, five, seven? Right, so like if that, yeah. Yeah, so it's like five, six. Um, so she's obviously very good defensively, but, like, to get in an Ashley Jones type of player, they don't have that type of defender there. I wouldn't call Sonia Morris and Shayla Gonzalez those type of defenders. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting to see moving forward, but I can't. I can't I believe that they are still 25th in the country. Mm-hmm. Like I feel right. like that is still doing them a disservice. I thought last week they should have been ranked when they were like two and one or whatever they were in conference. Texas is now four and one in conference and now the 25th ranked team in the country. Um, Baylor has lost a couple games, so they're not ranked, but I still think mm-hmm. Baylor probably should be ranked at this point. Um, and I say that because if Texas goes into the tournament and we're talking, you know, two months almost two months in advance now but -hmm. if texas goes into the tournament is anything less than a three seed i feel bad for whoever's in their their region that's yeah that's gonna be golly how to look i would have to look take a look at some like they're really quick if they're and they're in like let's say lsu's bracket that is a ridiculous one versus four it like just in theory you get a one versus four of that level like what? No, no, no. Let me see. Texas. I'm, I'm gonna take a quick look at bracketology right now just to see the potential matchup. For I that. mean, uh, Texas UConn, right? Like that would right, be a, right, right. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm putting Texas. Look, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and say I've watched Stanford and UConn a billion times, but I have seen them. Sure, this sure. season. I watched Stanford play South Carolina. I watched Texas play UConn. I've watched those type of games. Um, there are some teams I haven't seen in the top 15, but Texas if they are hitting their stride and if they continue to play at this level, they should finish as they should finish in the top 10. Yeah. So they're trending up right now per, yeah. uh, of course this like the season ends right now. So obviously I think they will eventually depending on like a big jump into the top 25, like top 10 ish, um, which I, I don't know. I probably don't see happening just because the Big Twelve is tough, and and yes, they, they will so lose ground to make more, They will lose some more games. I mean, they're four and run one right now. Right. Uh, there are what eighteen games in the conference, I believe. Yeah, been roughly twice. And so they'll. So I think they'll fall around the four to five seed rank range. But regardless, uh, this is just an example right now. ESPN's bracketology has them seven, a seven seed in the Greenville region, which oh, is South Carolina's number one. Um, Utah as the number two, Duke is the number three, Maryland, NC State, South Florida, Texas. <laughs> that is, first they, of all, of course, South Carolina is the massive favorite, but that is not doing them favors as a one seed. Yeah. Like that is a hard region to come out of if it ended today and they had to go through either Utah, like in the second round, they'd basically get, or sorry, third round, they'd get one of NC State or Maryland. And then in Elite Eight, they would get. No, sorry. Yeah, in Elite Eight, they would either get Texas, Utah, South Florida, or Duke. Like, yeah. that is ridiculous. The and problem, so, yeah, yeah. The problem Texas has when it comes to seeding them, and I will, like, I, I stand by, you know, what I said is if they get something lower than a three, it's going to be a hard region for whoever the one and two seats are there. Sure, but sure. But the problem is, is 
when Rory was out, that's when they had their big games. Like that's mm-hmm. when they played UConn. That's when right. they played Marquette, Nova. I'm sorry, um, Louisville. Mm-hmm. You know those South Florida. I think that was her first game back. South Florida was or something like I think that. So. Whatever it was. So again, those were their big games, and they lost all of them. And mm-hmm. so now, since then, they had they don't have a marquee win until they got into conference play and they beat Kansas and they beat Iowa State. Um, you know, they're going to have Baylor, they're going to have Oklahoma still, and they're going to play all those teams again. Yep. So we'll see how it plays out. But I just, I, when I look at this team, I can't see, the, like, this isn't a seven-seed team. Oh, 100%. Really, no, exactly. When they're, and it, it, they're terrifying. Yeah. And we were, like, I guess the only, like, hesitation we had, even when Rory came back, was, like, that's all, we, we were kind of, like, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody coming back from an injury, mm-hmm. right? And, like, especially, like, we think she's – excellent she was the best freshman in in the country last year and still it was still that she's a sophomore she's coming off an injury like how good can she really make this team and she's shown and again it's not all just her I mentioned Deanna Gaston taking that next step as a as a scoring threat on the inside um you know and then having depth to where even if she doesn't have a uh, a good night you can put somebody else in like a, an Amina Muhammad um as a freshman and contribute so but it's just like that was the team is better overall but it's just that you can tell that like i mentioned there's um uh, it was like a missing puzzle piece right they needed somebody to kind of make it all flow make it all go together in transition defensively get the steals things like that push the tempo and she kind of does everything that this team lacked um, at the time, which who knows next this off season, that could be one of the big things that they try to find. Right. Because um, from what I know, it's probably like, it, it looks like Kendall Hunter is probably just going to be on her way out like of the team. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's always seemed like a last year seemed like a weird fit, right? She's not really the best defender. She's kind of, I don't say one dimensional, but she just doesn't fit to what this team needs or what Vic Schaefer mm-hmm. likes to do. Um so I wonder if that's maybe the next step for this team in terms of acquisitions, right? You go get somebody who's not as good as Rory Harmon, but somebody who can play 10, 15 minutes a game at point guard and, you know, just give you some more uh, facilitation. Yeah. So um, obviously it's a very deep team. It's a very talented mm-hmm. team. It's a team that nobody will want in their region. So it's kind of, it has put them a little bit behind the eight ball um, in sure. terms of, you know, early season losing those games, but it's they they should be ranked higher than twenty fifth, in my opinion. They got Texas Tech and Baylor as their next two games. Tech, I wanted to talk about Tech, but like they they they're just kind of maintaining status quo right now. There's really nothing to talk about. Uh, with I, will say, I have I have been really pleased um, with them in terms of Brianber Scott staying healthy and she's playing yeah, really well. Sixteen points per game. Yeah, she and and it kind of it's probably frustrating for Tech fans, you know, that she they didn't get this last year because obviously she was battling injury with and she could have paired really well with Vivian Gray. Um, but yeah. I, that's been something that I'm really been pleased with because I think we I think that was our skepticism with Tech was like how good can they be when you rely on a player like that who's going to be who didn't play that much last year to be the player to be that good. Um, and she's she's been really solid. Uh, Bailey Malpan's been kind of a revelation as a freshman too. She's been fantastic for them. I think thirty six percent from three. Um, Brianna Scott thirty five percent from three, and they're taking quite a bit of them. So like, you know, 
I don't know. Like I, I've been really. Let me see. Uh, let me get to her conference numbers. Brianna Amber Scott. Uh, she's averaging twenty three points per game in conference, right? Tw- almost twenty four. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's been. She's been really good. Um, and and Jasmine Shavers, who I was just somebody I kind of hoped would take a step, um, coming into the program, she's taken that step. She's she's averaging twelve points a game in conference. We'll see. You know, we'll see. Um, they're just kind of steady right now, and. I will say they're not – the one thing about last year's team was that this is a team that would knock off Baylor and then lose to everybody else, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like they'd, they'd win a game they weren't supposed to. Now they're just like – they're. I think they're just like leveling out as kind of just a solid team. They're not – I don't think they're going to punch up to the Iowa States, right? They lost, what, 81-58 to them. But I think they're going to be a team that kind of rounds out into the middle of the pack, which is okay. This is still a youngish team um, that I think will have – at least another year or two together with this team, with this uh, core. Yeah, um, the defense is obviously, like if you just look from a basic, basic perspective, but the defense mm-hmm. is concerning. They've allowed 70 points in in four of their five conference games and allowed 65 to Kansas State. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you allow 89 to Oklahoma, 77 to Kansas, 81 to Iowa State. Uh, yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, also, on the Kendall Hunter front, um it is she's not with the team right now um she's away from the team but it is not because of discipline or um basketball reasons so right um we'll see how um that goes if they can get her back at any point and kind of go from there um okay anything else on the women's side um you go ahead i I just have, have i have written down rice beat utep again which is hilarious because now UTEP is four and two and Rice is two and four and they've and they're... Rice's two wins are against UTEP and UTEP's two losses are to Rice. Um, so that yeah. that, that Rice actually... that good Rice team is in there somewhere. It's still, it, still it's in there, there somewhere. It's there. It's there. Um, and then so they were two and four and then yesterday they did beat UTSA. So yeah. now they're three and four. So they uh, a close two. game too. UTSA is still they're still they're still just like that that fraction off from being from being ready. Yep. And speaking of teams that were just that are good at losing close, our Houston women's basketball team. Oh no, man! They played Tulsa, and Tulsa was four zero coming in. We said it'd be a tough game. They lost by yeah. two, seventy to sixty eight. They got USF tomorrow at seven at home. Maybe they can pull it off, but we'll see. How that goes. Um, all right, let's flip to the men. Let's do it. Texas and Texas Tech. Whew. The good this old game. One. Oh man, it was great. Uh, Fardaw's AMAC is back. I did. Texas, I, yeah, when he checked in, I was like, "Oh, we're we're here already," because like he had just yeah. practiced like last week. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, no, no, no training wheels time. We were going straight right. in on the road at Texas. We need you here." And yeah. I thought he was he was fine. Uh, he, mm-hmm. you can tell. He is – you can see why he was the best player on this team coming into yeah. the season. Now it's going to take him some time to get back to that level. Sure. But 12 points on 5 of 12 shooting, like they were playing through him. It gives them – this is exactly what we thought coming into the season. It's like closing a game and in tight games, you can just give him the ball and kind of play every, play off of him. Mm-hmm. And that's what this team did not have in, in close games. Like Kevin O'Banner, as much as I like Kevin O'Banner – that's not what he is. Um, right. So that that was good to see him back. They almost got it done. They end up losing by two, um, but a really good game. And 
I mean, we could talk from the Texas perspective later, but yeah, I think for Texas Tech, I'm I'm excited moving forward. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw this game and I had more to take away from Texas Tech than Texas. Um, I think mm-hmm. Texas was on paper the better team on the night, obviously the better team. Um, and you know, again, I, I think Rodney Terry's gonna make this decision probably hard for them, right, uh, in terms of the head coaching uh, search, uh, especially if they continue to gut out wins like this to where maybe they're not on their absolute best. But so regardless, I think I took more from Texas Tech in this game because, you know, Fardaz Amat coming in right as, like I mentioned, just practicing for the first time last week with the team, almost plays 30 minutes off the bench, you know, just like they just throw him right in, like you mentioned. And sure, there's some rust. He's, you know, he's, he's, his hook shot was a little bit weird, you know, or a little bit, you know, rusty. Um, but they tried some interesting things. They tried – they played this big lineup that Texas really had difficulty with that I thought was I thought would get cooked by by Texas. And it actually was one of Tech's better lineups. They played Amac and Bacho together. And then they played O'Banner at like at a, a large three. And it worked. And I, you know, it was like they were able to, like you mentioned, play off of uh Fardaz Amac. Bacho was able to kind of hover around the baseline and they were able to kind of play two big men, you know, a big man game. And O'Banner mm-hmm. was kind of able to drift around, and it really Texas really struggled to to kind of get inside because O'Banner was able to move a little bit with some of the guards and stay in front of him defensively. Um, so yeah, I, I I think for his first game back and his first game played in roughly almost a year, you know, because I don't know how far Utah Valley got in the tournament, but I would yeah. assume you know that you know first March. weekend or so, yeah. Um, so like first game back almost in almost a year, yeah. Like you mentioned, you see. You see everything because you see the touch in his shot, you see his rebounding, you see his defensive ability, but also you see like his his just like presence in the post, like yeah. his like awareness. Like Texas knew, okay, cool, they're gonna go they're gonna go to him in the post. Let's try to you know uh, let's try to get a steal, let's try to double whatever. And he would he was able to find like a decent pass or like at least get out of there or at least put up a good shot. Um, and so yeah, now I feel like once these guys are just used to playing with him more they'll 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 work um because it's been a it's been a frustrating season for them they're zero and five right there's no sugarcoating that in conference and they got baylor coming up which you know baylor doesn't look unbeatable right now but still it's gonna be a tough game regardless this definitely looks like the guy that they were hoping to bring in um and five of 12 shooting is not great but again first game back rust all that stuff the fact that they were able to trust him for 30 minutes in his first game back i think says a lot their guard depth is obviously very concerning. Um, sure, sure. Pop played 35 minutes. Harmon played 32. Tyson played 37. Uh, really didn't bring many people off the bench. Lamar Washington. Uh, I was about to say, they're a really shallow team, yeah. Um, Pop ends up shooting 19 times, scores 23 points. Five and nine from three, though. I don't know why he even shoots twos at this point. Um, <laughs> five and nine from three. Harmon, three of eight from the field. Tyson, five and nine from the field. It's just interesting because we look at this team. It's like I think O'Banner and Amac are the two best players, mm-hmm. but Pop Isaac shooting a lot. I don't hate, but it does feel weird. And then Harmon and Tyson combining for seventeen shots feels like a lot. Like it feels like a team that should be inside out, but it feels a lot of times like it is still outside in. And mm-hmm. I think Amac, when he does get back to one hundred percent we'll start to see a little bit more of that, of that inside out type team that we saw last year with Bryson and, and O'Banner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, and I think somebody like Pop Isaacs is going to pay 
it's going to benefit really huge from that because yeah. now he's their only like I mean Harmon can create for himself but not in terms of like he's more of a driver right he's yeah. he creates by collapsing the defense Pop Isaacs can just like there's a lot of Tyler Perry in him right to compare mm -hmm. him to UNT where he can pull up from anywhere he can get inside he can kind of pull up from mid-range things like that um and so teams know that teams know that that's the only guy that's going to be able to do that and so I think if you have Fardaz Amac in the post, you know, defense collapsing on him, okay, cool. Now you have somebody to kick it out to. And it's not just him coming off a screen and hoping to jack a 30-footer, you know. Yeah, and the defense isn't the problem here. They're, right, they're ranked right. in the conference in Kim Palmer right now. They're fifth in the conference in defense, which is, you know, average, but it's, it's yeah. fine. The offense is ranked ninth. Like, they lead, they have the most turnovers. They, like, they turn the ball over a ton. Um, you know, it's just stuff like that, that I think if they can simplify it down a bit, that'll help them. The real question is moving off of this game and looking mm -hmm. at Texas Tech as a whole, like how much do they have to win to make the tournament at this point? Yeah, man, this is. The answer is a lot. First, the answer is a lot. Um, yeah. I haven't checked their Baylor and K-State yeah. is your next two games. Like Baylor's at home. It's almost a must win. Right. Baylor at home is a must win for this team, I think, to make the tournament. Because if you lose Baylor, you lose K-State, you're 0-7. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say they beat West Virginia at home. They beat LSU on the road. Let's. Then you have Iowa State at home. You have Baylor on the road. Like, it's not going to get any easier if right. you don't win this game. If you don't beat Baylor, like, and let's say you lose to K-State, but then you beat West Virginia at LSU. Like, if you, go, you can go 3-1 and one in that stretch. Then I'm like, okay, there's a path. Mm -hmm. But if you lose to Baylor, I don't know if there's a path. You're you would start 0 and 7. Um, let's say you beat West Virginia, but like there's too much, there's too many difficult games here still. You still have like they're 0 and 5 right now. They still gotta play Kansas State twice. They gotta play mm -hmm. Kansas once. They gotta play Texas again. They gotta play Iowa State again. Like, and then even the other games that we we all talk about, like Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State are not easy games. So, yeah, at this um, rate, I mean, like, you're probably not even looking. I mean, again, it's been such a bad, it's been such a bad start that, like, obviously they, it, it's hard to imagine them continuing this pace. But it's like at this rate, it's like you're not even looking at NIT. You know, like, honestly, at, I think you're you're, I think the more I look at their schedule, the more I don't see a path of them making the tournament because if they would have beat like Creighton maybe in Maui, or if they would sure, beat Ohio sure. State in Maui, but they lost those games. They, the only win they had in Maui was Louisville. That doesn't yeah. even count as a win. No, yeah, I was about like, to say, I'm, try I'm trying to find their... What's their best uh, win this season? La Tech? I think it's La Tech <laughs> or Georgetown. Well, no, Georgetown sucks. Yeah, um, Georgetown's not good. Um, yeah, it might, honestly, it might be I don't La know Tech. how good Eastern Washington is. But I'm trying to look at their... So, yeah, they have... Their best win is La Tech. Golly, they have four Q1 wins. I'm looking at their resume on Bart on Torvik right now. What are they, they have... Q1 wins? Um, let me see. Hold on. No way they they don't have any Q one wins. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh hold on. no, I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah, you might be right. I might be reading this wrong here. I might be reading this wrong. Um. Yeah. Know. No, they are not. Let me see. They have eight. They have eight Q four wins. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> two, Yo, how many wins do they have on the season? Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, projected. Sorry, projected. I'm looking oh, at okay. Okay. So they have they're zero and yeah. six in Q one games, right? Yeah. Um, and they have. They're favored only in four more for the whole season, right? That's so but, they'd finish yeah. four and thirteen. If if Torvik's projections end up being right, they finish four and thirteen in Q one games. 
Kemp Pump the same. Done. Like they're done. Right. That's that's more or less what they're saying. Um yeah. 0 6. Yeah, Creighton, Ohio State, TCU, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas, right? All Q1, all losses. Um yeah. I, I don't know why. When I asked that question earlier, uh, like 10 minutes ago, I didn't I actually thought there was a path to them making the tournament. Well, I mean, because you would I assume so. You would just assume so. I'm... It's tech. You're like, oh look, they're just gonna turn it around, right? They get their best player back. Cool. Here's this, and they're just like, ah, Ah man, zero and five is a deep hole. That is <laughs> and then especially when you combine hole. it with the 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 lack of non-conference yeah. difficulty. I, didn't, I mean, like I said, they played well me. in non-conference, but they didn't they didn't beat anybody. Yeah, it didn't hit me how bad their non-conference was. Yeah, that, that was a really underwhelming. So yeah, that's a very pretty much Baylor is for the postseason at this point yeah. because, like you said, if they, they won't if they don't make the NCAA, I don't think they're making the NIT. Like they don't have a, they don't 100%. have a good enough record. Yeah, um, no. at all. Like you, they're gonna have to legitimately go on a run that shocks people i guess right um gotta be baylor Phew, at this point you might have to be kansas state um so these next four games yeah i was about to say you gotta i think you gotta split with kansas state yeah at the very yeah, least you have to split them so um these next four games we'll see we'll learn a lot but i thought that was an interesting point to uh yeah to if they at. get let's see throughout january let's see <sighs> they might have to go four and oh to finish out the year to finish that's out the what, month that's what i'm saying those four games yeah, I think they do. I think they have to go four and out to even have a sniff. Like I said, at that point, you're, I still think best case scenario, they're thinking NIT. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Hmm. All right, um, I want to talk a little bit conference USA basketball. Uh, Rice oh, has a man. nice weekend. Beats UTEP and UTSA. Uh, beats UTEP by one as Travis Easy hits a Travis Evie hits a game winner. Then beats mm-hmm. UTSA in overtime in San Antonio. Um, UTSA is down to three twenty-two in Ken Palm. <laughs> They're just uh, are they just anyway. like? Is it just like uh, <laughs> with the men's program? Are they just like? Is it like ice that falls like under the fridge? And you're just like, let me just kick it. Yeah, you just, just kick it under, kick it under the fridge. Just like don't not worry. even worried about it. Just kick it on down there. They're one and seven now in conference. They're oh my god, putrid. Uh, but anyways, Rice has a big quote-unquote weekend. Beats UTEP and UTSA, and Scott Perez out here. Uh, starting beef with UTEP and running around <laughs> the uh, the arena. You texted you text me. He was like, what was it? He was like Pat Bev after the play <laughs> Pat Bev after the play-in game win. That's what, that was Scott Perry after beating UTEP. Taking off his shirt and he was going away. crazy, thrown in the crowd. And just, <laughs> <laughs> like 15 oh, people there. He was going crazy. He was like yeah. high-fiving people on like the on like court side. He's like, wait, what is happening right and now? And then he does all that. He does all that. And then he turns around. He's like, all right, let's go yeah. shake hands with UTEP. And UTEP's like, screw this. And they left. Joe Golding and this team were off the court. They did not shake hands at that point. And so now we have officially a UTEP and Rice beef. And I'm so sad that they're not going to be in the same conference next year moving forward. Yeah. But that someone has to make that happen to where they play every year now because oh, Joe Golding it. will not answer the phone if Scott Para calls. I promise you that. But that was <laughs> hilarious content of Scott Para just running around going crazy after beating UTEP. There was a uh, Colin Deaver who's uh, uh, out at El Paso. He's, he covers the Miners and uh, New Mexico State. I think it's KT, KTSM. So he tw- – let me see if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. Uh, apparently this is the second time Scott Para's – like pissed off UTEP because uh, against Rodney Terry, he all they also didn't shake hands, and it was also because Scott Para 
was a little bit too hype after a win. <laughs> and like Rodney Terry, there's a clip of Rodney Terry basically saying, I think it was more or less like, if you're used to winning, you don't treat winning like that or something, or like yeah. winning a regular season. It was something <laughs> crazy. Um, and yeah, it was just so wild. Cause like you could see UTEP waiting for the, you know, like some of the players like waiting there for yeah. him to, to, and then like Scott Barrett's doing his celebration. <laughs> doing He's doing a laugh around the, around the gym and there, all the players are, even the players are like waiting for him. Like his players are like, lined up ready to do the handshake and he's like over here just like fist pumping and like i don't know what else he's doing on the on the side and, and then, yeah then eventually joe goldie's like all right i'm gonna leave like i'm not gonna wait for you to high five everybody in the gym and then come back over so it, i was like go to uh colin deaver had the whole clip but it is hilarious because yeah Rice's players are literally waiting by the bench to like start the handshake line and scott parrot has to like run back and see so the Dude, I'm watching it again. He just holds it with his arms up. He's just <laughs> running around. <laughs> and then and Joe Goldie's like, all right, yeah, I'm not waiting for this guy. I'm out. I'm out. You're not gonna do this to me. Yo, um, I just I'm like, I wonder if if Rodney Terry and Joe Golding talked about this at all. They're like, yeah, man, maybe. He's like, yeah, this guy, this guy can be kind of a dick. This dude. Scott Parrott. The funniest thing is Joe Golding's like on the court, like before right. he walks off, and Parrott yeah. just keeps going. <laughs> like, right hey. there. And it's just like, all right, bro, you're just gonna he just like passes him up and like just <laughs> hugging his oh dude. It's like, what is this? Like, I don't get me wrong. I love getting hype after you know I big win. Too. I'm all about that stuff, but like my guy, you like it's this is like this is that's a lot for, for a coach to be like. It looked like you were trying to show him up, right? It looked like you were just trying yeah. to, like, you would have thought, like, UTEP had said some stuff in the media in the lead-up to this game or something, because that's what this type of thing does, where it's well, like, it like, no, 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 we're going to shut these dudes up, and we're going to dance in their face, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, I just love the – yeah, like you mentioned, I love the bad blood now. There's just, like, random bad blood between these two teams now. <laughs> and I don't know. This is awesome. Everybody knows Houston El Paso just – known enemy they just yeah no. let's mark uh yeah I'm, I'm a little upset that that was the that we that these two have played already because it's oh uh God, that was it that's that's gonna be defended we have the overtime game at utep yeah. and then now we have the win um of course on the buzzer beater from travis evie in this one so yeah no so get that get that uh get that contract going let's get a non-conference need need it in the tournament at least one yes. more time Meet in, uh, I'm trying to think. Meet meet in Austin or something. Do like a little do like a little neutral site. You know, yeah, I know neutral it's a site. Rent the Moody yeah. Center. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Let's run it back. <laughs> it's a it's a UT system school. UTEP. The Zone Star State Classic is just UTEP <laughs> and Rice. We're gonna rent out the Moody go, Center baby. for a night. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we just do a live Twitter space from courtside or something. <laughs> That's the broadcast. <laughs> like, if you want the broadcast, tune into the Twitter spaces. We can't yes. actually. I do this, but that would be the Zone Star State Classic. That Let's and go. then like Tarleton versus somebody just for the laughs of it. Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, that was great. So shout out to Rice, man. You know who needs a shovel at this point? Just go have fun. They're they're, yeah. they're celebrating everywhere. Um, they got North Texas on Thursday, and North Texas. <laughs> Rice played North Texas three times last year. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Let me make sure I have the stat right before I, I say it because I'm almost positive, but I want to make oh. sure. Uh, Rice played North Texas three times last year. 
and did not break 50. Will <laughs> Rice break 50 against North Texas on Thursday? That's the prediction we have to make here. Oh man, that is that's tough. It's in, in, it's in, in, in case you in case you want to go, in case you want to go again. I mean, that's that's not a bad game. I might actually go to that. Um, I'm gonna say they do. All right. I'm gonna say they do. They've only been held. I mean, again, that one weird game against Middle Tennessee is the one game that they haven't scored over. Literally, the only game that they scored like under sixty. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say they do. I'm gonna say they do. All right. Yeah. North Texas. Uh, I mean, they've held teams to 51, 57, 46, but then La Tech put 65, Western put 66, FIU put yeah. 57. So, yeah, maybe Rice will break it. Good for them. Um, Only once in conference, though. Only uh, Florida – no, sorry, they lost that game to FAU. So, they haven't – I mean, it hasn't been in conference. They haven't held anybody to below. Correct below so we'll see we'll see they might they, there's also those teams that you just have their numbers so i was about to say i don't know i don't know this, this is the same rice team as last year they might just mccathlin and them might just be like they're we not scoring this. the ball <laughs> <laughs> not scoring the ball um we'll see uh but yeah that that's a game on thursday we'll we'll look forward to but that was a funny uh, moment good good beef there always good to have interstate beef interesting oh, love beef. it um and then i want to end the podcast with a question here I was just thinking about it uh, because, you know, we watch a lot of college basketball. Um, the AP poll came out, the AP men's basketball poll came out, and Houston is still number one, 17 mm-hmm. one, right? They have 34 of, I think there's like 50 something, well, 58 votes, 34 of the 58 yeah. votes. I will say, uh, let's just a quick on Houston. We're not going to talk about them really until, <laughs> like, no. because there's just nothing to talk about. No. There's, no, there's no singular games except for maybe Memphis, which I don't think they play Memphis until like late February. February 19th. Jesus Christ. Who set the schedule? Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're going to, they're going to win all these games and yeah. there's going to be nothing to take from any of them. So we're probably so not going to talk I about I do have a big picture question though. I do sure. have a big picture question though, because, um, they did struggle with South Florida. We saw sure. them struggle with UCF earlier a little bit. Um, I agree. I think they're going to be fine. I think they'll blow out pretty much everybody on their schedule. But we're we're in a spot where Kansas is playing really well. Alabama mm-hmm. is playing very, very well. Like Purdue, I think, maybe isn't in that same range. But I look at those three as top two, three teams, and I'm like, should Houston really be ranked number one at this point when they've lost to Alabama and – they're not blowing these teams out like USF at the moment. I don't know yeah. the answer to that because Kansas and Alabama are just playing so damn well mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be pissed if Houston dropped from the normal spot if they continue to like if they and even beat. I mean I know they lost this weekend but it looked like even Tennessee you know Tennessee is playing fantastic as well yeah Tennessee yeah um, other than the Kentucky game they're they're playing really good like. Um, like I said, Purdue will be continue to get votes. Uh, they mm-hmm. beat Michigan State by one. Like all these teams, and this is the problem with Houston, and this is why a lot of people, you know, when they do their bracketology even right now, I think uh, some people could pencil in Houston as a two seed just because it's like Kansas, Purdue, Alabama. Like if these teams continue to play really, really well, and let's just mm-hmm. throw a team like Texas in there. Let's say Texas has a great run to close the season, regular season. Hi, I can't – it's hard to hold up to Houston's resume and be like, they deserve to be a one seed over these other teams. Mm-hmm. And I've said, and this is the problem is that last year we were like, how is this team a five seed? Right. right, right, right. Like, We're like, that makes no sense, but it's different because we're saying the number one overall seed or a one seed in the tournament 
I don't know the resume. They're going to have to start blowing teams out consistently like they did last year. I feel like sure. Like they they're not at that point yet. They beat everybody in in conference last year by like forty, except Memphis, who they lost to. I think both times or two or three times. Mm-hmm. So that's my concern. That's all I wanted to bring up was like, hey, if they don't start blowing teams out, they will start dropping. Yeah, I mean, we, it's it's the it's the Gonzaga problem, right? Every year that we used to see with Gonzaga, where it's like. Except with that, with that team, they did load up non-conference, right? They would have that game against Kentucky, that game against Duke, that game against Michigan State or whatever, and they'd show out pretty well in that game. And then, you know, then they'd kind of go on their coast of the of the West Coast Conference and just, like, yeah. destroy everybody. Um, but when it came to tournament time, everybody wondered, okay, is Gonzaga good? You know, they were like, can they hold up on this in this in this tournament, you know, where they have to play a team better than they've played in two months, you know, for basically – four straight weeks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is a good question because, like, right now, you know, their best one's clearly St. Mary's, right? Virginia, too. Virginia. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Virginia. Virginia and St. Mary's are the two quad one wins. Or whatever right. So they're Those three are- and one in quad one win, in quad one games. They count uh, Oregon as well, probably. Right. Which, I mean, on the sure. Um, they're only going to get Memphis. They, yeah, they're projected to finish with f- uh, five quad one wins, right? That's if only count, six games. Maybe they count UCF in that as well. I think they're, uh, count, they're counting at UCF. At UCF, yeah. Home yeah. against UCF won't count, but at right. UCF will if they win that. Yeah. So, yeah, at that point, you're looking at St. Mary's, they lost to Bama, at Virginia, at Cincinnati, at UCF, at Memphis, right? As your only quad one win. And, like, out of that group, I mean, that's a good team, but like they're going to be the, like you mentioned, they're going to be if they keep this up, they're going to be the number one overall seed. Now I'm looking at taking a quick look at Joe Lenardi's latest, um, and he has them, of course. Num- I think he actually has them as the number two overall seed. He has Kansas moving up to the that's number one. That's that's what I'm saying is like, yeah, they're going to have to they're going to have to blow out Tulane on the road, or not even blow, right. but like because Tulane's a decent team, but like you have to beat them by 15 plus. Right. And then no, hundred percent. Because Kansas is, yeah, Kansas right now looks like the class of the Big Twelve. So like, they're going to come out with an impressive resume, barring you know, par, barring them just collapsing or whatever. Yeah, I think. Let me see. What's Ken Palm projected? Sixteen and one, which probably won't happen, but still, like that. Or um, sorry, sixteen and one right now. Thirteen and five they're projected, which is still that's doable, right? That's 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 giving some leeway to the Big Twelve, but that's still also saying Kansas is really good. Um, and I'll just read. You, let me read you this region right now that Houston would be in and tell me how confident you feel about them winning the region. Okay. So they go the two seed UCLA three seed, Iowa state four seed TCU five seed, where's five Illinois six seed, Arkansas seven seed St. Mary's who they've beaten. Like that's tough, man. You, so you're telling me if you get out of your, 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 your weekend, right. They play UMBC, Clemson or Arizona state. Okay, cool. They'll get out of that, yeah. that first weekend, but then you possibly get Illinois or TCU. Yeah. And that's, that's the insane. thing. And that's the thing. Like you mentioned, like I, I threw St. Mary's in that conversation quad run, but like St. Mary's is a seven seed in the tournament, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. Right like yeah. That, so that's a seven seed Alabama. They lost two. I think Alabama will end up being a one or two seed. That's, that's a tough game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alabama, I don't want to, I don't say Alabama scared them or punked them or anything like that, but Alabama was physically ready for that game and has scorers that can go toe to toe with them, which these top mm-hmm. teams do. Virginia beat them on the road. Great win. Um, but that's it. Memphis 
well, what what is? I, can you just control F Memphis in there? What does Lenardi have Memphis in the tournament? Memphis, they he has them as eleven. Like, he has them on the bubble in eleven in that same region. He has them as eleven in that region. That, that's what we're saying. It's like the whole Gonzaga thing. It's like you haven't played like Alabama and Virginia are the only two teams in four months of basketball that you've played, five months of basketball that you've played that are to the caliber of well, if you get past the first week, you have to play TCU. And then you have to play um, whoever the two seed was you said in that region. Uh, uh, UCLA, yeah. UCLA, like TCU, then UCLA, then just to make a Final Four. Sure. And then Final Four, you go from there, and we know it's tough. And there, there is something to be said about, like, you know, not being tested for a month, right? Like, there, like uh, two months almost. And, like, if I'm <laughs> – Obviously, you never hope that your team loses a game, but I, if I'm Kelvin Sampson, I kind of hope Memphis gives us something, right? Like, yeah. like you, you kind of hope Memphis really goes at them to be like, I don't know if I want to give two months of blowing out teams by 10 or 15, right? I, I kind of want somebody to push back a little bit because what the hell happens when TCU goes right at you playing a similar style, right? Yeah, that's you, you don't have to be crazy. That, that's going to be insane because that's two teams that know how to offensive rebound yeah. that – aren't necessarily elite shooting teams, but just know how to grind out games. And it's like, okay, you're basically doing the Spider-Man meme, pointing at each other who can yeah. win, who can win that. But out. even, yeah, even like if you look at any of those four or five seeds that you, that I'm sure Lenardi has, like it's like Illinois would be pretty, would be a pretty tough game for anybody because they mm-hmm. are flamboy. They do have Matthew Meyer. They do have Terrence Shannon. They got some guys that can play. Mm-hmm. So um, we say all this and I think it, it is important because now the expectations for Houston have raised significantly. This sure. isn't like last year or two years ago. It's like, oh, Houston, you know, this is it's a it's a good team, and oh, they made a Final Four run. That's awesome. That's so that that's great. This year, the expectation to make a Final Four. That's the difference. The difference is this team should make a Final Four. The difference is this team is being heralded as the best team in the country, which I think they they have an argument to be the best team in the country. But they're going to have to continue to blow teams out. They're going to mm-hmm. this beating South Florida by six at home isn't going to fly. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you can't beat UCF at home by six. You can't beat USF at home by six. You can't like even Cincinnati on the road by thirteen. I don't think Cincinnati's that good. Cincinnati got blown away in the Maui tournament. Like you're going to have to blow these teams out. That's that's my bigger point here. If you want to hold on sure. to a number one seed. Yep. No, I agree. Um, and it's. <laughs> Houston fans might get frustrated listening to us for the, cause like this is going to be the conversation we have about them, right? Because it's not going to, unless they drop one of these games, then we can talk yeah. about them a little bit, but we're not expecting them to. So it's mostly going to be like, okay, how much can you take from this team with this resume? You know, again, I, I have the same problem. It kind of is like the similar thing I do when I, when talking about North Texas, it's like mm-hmm. your standard has changed. At this sure. Point. Yeah. Like this You're a national title contender. <laughs> you are now as Houston being held to the same standard as Kansas, as Purdue as all these teams that are up there in the top five. So you can't beat South Florida by six because Kansas doesn't get to play South Florida, mm-hmm. Alabama, you know, the SEC has some, you know, they just beat, they just beat LSU by 40. Right. Like that's just, that's just what teams like this do. So yeah, you're going to have to beat uh, teams by a lot and that might be an unfair standard, but I think that's what a lot of people are going to hold them to. So that's just yep. an interesting uh, conversation there. I think on uh, Alabama, but that's all we got. Yeah. That's it. That was a good um, rundown of everything. Yeah, that was a good good rundown. Uh, we'll see what else we got um, on this week. I haven't looked ahead too much to see what we got. Um, take a quick peek real quick. 
I know Houston plays Tulane tonight on the road yep. in New Orleans. Uh, Kansas, right? Kansas State's tonight as well, just out of conference stuff. Uh, oh, Texas, Iowa State is tonight as well at 7 o'clock. I'm trying to figure out. Trying and to Baylor. Figure out oh, Baylor should, and Baylor Tech's tonight as well. I'm trying to figure out if I, if I should drive to New Orleans to go to Houston versus Tulane if I'm not busy tonight. Ah, there you go. We'll That'd see. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So, yeah, we got, we got Texas and, um, what did I say, Texas, Iowa State, and then Baylor Tech. Um, which are going to be two pretty pivotal matchups for them. Uh, A&M men have Florida tomorrow night um, at A&M. So, you know, if A&M wants to continue their their streak, there's a very beatable opponent um, in Florida. I'm trying to look at the women's side. I don't think we have Texas at Tech Wednesday night and Oklahoma. Oh, God, Oklahoma at TCU, poor TCU. Um, Wednesday night and then Kansas State at Baylor Wednesday night as well. So, yeah, right. we got some, we got some, we got some good stuff. Um, uh, Corpus Christi at Lamar on the women's side, which is which will be a pretty good matchup in the Southland. Um, and then Commerce plays New Orleans. This is Thursday. I'm looking at now. So got some good, pretty good conference clashes going on uh, all over the place. So yeah. and then UTA and UTRGV on the women's side, seeing if UTA can can get off some kind of schneid. You know, Something weird I saw real quick. Something weird yeah. I saw was UTA men beat New Mexico State pretty handily. I did see that. That is, yeah, I did see uh, that. I don't know what's going wrong with New Mexico State now, but oh, I know Chris Jans is the one that he went to Mississippi State. Right? He's yes. from Mexico State. Um, so that you know, new head coach. They've kind of been on a, a turnover, but yeah, they're kind of going through a little bit of a turnover. UTA is awful. I don't. Oh, one game that I am going to be interested in, and this will happen before we talk again, probably Friday. UNT two and zero women, little little two and zero win streak. They got Rice on Thursday. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. They crushed uh, was it FIU. They destroyed FIU this yeah, weekend. Um, so you know two game two game win streak. I don't know. And again, Rice. We'll see if Rice can get back on track. Um, let me see. What was that score? Yes, seventy one forty five. UNT beat or FIU. Um, but still, you know, that's something to watch Thursday night if you're going to be interested to see if UNT can turn anything around about this season <laughs> and if Rice – or if Rice can get back on track. All right, yeah. If they beat Rice, if they beat Rice, we'll, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. We'll talk. That's it. Yeah, we'll talk. Can't, can't say anything else. We'll talk. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for you all today. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore at Ishmael R. Johnson at DCT Basketball. You could subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already. Um, we tweet out everything, all the podcasts and stuff. So check out our socials there. And yeah, we appreciate y'all for joining us. And we will talk to y'all later.